Welcome to our Fini. This is Saratova, Saratova Beth. War, war and peace. Parsons, please stay, stay. Are we always in a war zone? Life feels like it. Every minute there's another problem and another and another and another problem. You put the sun visor up. I always take these ridiculous examples. You put the sun visor up on your car so that uh, it doesn't become too hot and then something else happens and something will come along to sort of mar your good mood no matter what. There's a predictable law, Murphy's Law that something will come along to mess things up in life. That's just the way it is. Okay. It's no longer Murphy's Law. Okay. How do we know? Tyra tells us. And where do we see that? So, when we read the Torah um, in Shul on Shabbos, we read one Parsha in the morning for Shabbos, for Shabbos and, then, and the next week's Parsha at Minchatan. And so there's always a, going to be a connection between the morning Parsha or the, the Parsha of the week and the Parsha of the next week. They interface. It's a bridge. When they interface, these two Parshas, it tells you everything about the energy of the world and the energy of the revolution of what's happening. So when we come to Parshas Kisete, it, co- it, it joins the same Shabbos with Kisava. In the morning we read Kisete, one week, the following week is Kisava. And what we want to do is figure out how these two energies come together and also what's different about these energies because they have everything to do with the way we live our lives. So the Pasuk Kisete of this week, it says, Kisete l'mocham al-aizecha. And the next week's one is, Kisaba l'aretzi arashi yashakubo. Okay. Kisete l'mocham al-aizecha. When you go out to war against your enemy. Okay. When you go out to war, um, and then the next week's Parsha, when you come to the land and you settle it and you inherit it, can you feel the difference in the two? When you go out to war, and going out to war, like you're talking about going out. That means, when you, what does it mean you go out to war? That means you're leaving home, clearly. If you have to go out, you go out from somewhere that was in. So the, the place, the real place that I'm going out of is obviously a better place than going out to war. I have to leave behind my home. He says to the Muhammad, go out, and I go out to war, which means I'm not just going out into the world. I'm going out into a world that is at war with me, even if I don't feel like being at war with it. Every little thing. Is it going to rain today? It's not going to rain. It's going to be sunny. No. First it's sunny, then it's rainy, then it's sunny, then it's rainy, and it makes you crazy. And you don't know, do you need an umbrella, don't you? That's it. The war, the world is always looking to make you nuts. At any given moment, I'm leaving my nice face face and I'm going out there into the world of war. Okay? Um, there's no peace over there. How do you feel when you're, okay, wish me good luck. I'm going out into that world full of war. Thanks. Wish me good luck. Okay? Now, let's take the opposite energy. The following week's Parsha. When you come to the land, you come to a land, that's amazing. I hope that the wind, you see, we're already, 
I hope that the wind isn't affecting the recording. We will see. So, when you come to the land, so that means you came home. That's number one. Number two, isn't it amazing? Can you imagine coming to a land and you say, wow, this is a great land. Too bad it belongs to someone else. You know, maybe you're looking to buy a house and you drive down the street and say, ah, that's a, wow, that's a really cute house. I wish I could live in such a house. Oh, well, sorry. Somebody, you look on Zillow and you find out somebody just bought it. Right? It's not yours. So forget about it. So forget about it. So imagine, though, coming to this place and saying, now, this is my kind of energy. I came to my land. This is my, this is my piece of land. Yeah. And you know what you find out? They look at the deed and they find out that it's actually, it actually is, you're the inheritor of this piece of land for whatever reason. The whole lot of reasons why. They say, wait, it says here that you're going to inherit this land, this, this piece of land at this point in time, for whatever reason. And then, wow, that's a really cozy feeling. And then, on top of that, the Ashaptabha. Now you're really going to just settle in, furnish the place, take over, you know, sit in your, sit in your backyard and feel like I've come home, I found my place, it's rightfully mine, nobody's disputing it, and it feels like it's my energy. Wow. <coughs> this is extremely different. This is extremely different from that going out to war thing. That's the opposite. You know, in fact, you could have kind of two twin brothers, and one is always going out to war. Everything in life is always a war zone. And the other one is, you know, always just feeling at home wherever he goes. These are two different energies. So, how do these two parishes with these two energies fish into the same shadow? And so here's, that's the whole crux of it. Because we'll give just a little spiritual view. When you go out to war against your enemies, it shows, it's talking about your godly soul. It comes from very, very high. It's basically leaving the tone. It's leaving the world of Atsilas, etc. And it's coming down, 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 down. Like, okay, guys, I'm leaving and going out to the world of war, that's what your neshama has to go down to. And when your neshama comes down here into that this world of war, you need a lot of protection. And you have to be ready to wage war. When your neshama comes into this world, you know, I guess there's a big sobrangan and they and everybody gets together and strengthens the neshama and says, you're going to do fine, you know, just don't forget who you are. <laughs> <coughs> and and it's going to be a war. There's definitely going to be a war because they're enemies. He says so, Muhammad And especially in Gullus, when you can't see open godliness, it's 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 going to be tough. Then you understand, you know, they're open. Just the the concealment itself is an enemy, and so you're going to have to fight. 
pretty hard. Okay, and again, we said Kisabala Aris is a whole other way in which none of that exists. Kisabala Aris is talking about us in the land of Israel, under the base of Migdash, no opposition, no confrontation, no war, things are working. You know, kind of Geula. Geula life. So, <coughs> so today, Kisavala Aris, when we read about it, what does it mean today? We're not yet there with the base of Migdash. Today, Kisavala Aris is talking to us about Geula days. Yemaisa Mashiach which we can experience right here, right now. I mean, there will be the full ge'ula, but we're also capable of experiencing ge'ula here and now in our own lives while we're in the midst of the war. So, let's just say it like this. What we're being told is, that because the fact that the two were put together means that we've come to a time when now it's demanded of us that we go into the world of war in a way of peace. That we put these two parshas together in our life. As we're in the world, as we're confronting all the problems, we put ourselves in that energy of, ah, you're in the right place at the right time, and it's yours, and you can settle back, settle in, and and relax and enjoy yourself. What does that mean? That means classic, you know, ridiculous um, people are on their way to, way to work, and they have to go on the Long Island Expressway, and they're stuck in traffic, and they're going to be late for an appointment. Well, the classic, the classic, the classic analysis of it is that what happens? You start getting really stressed out. The red blood cells start to get really sticky. When a person starts to feel stressed, when the cortisol level goes up, the red blood cells stick together. Um, in, let's just say they should not be sticking together. Can we say that in a euphemistic way? They're supposed to be each one floating freely, nice, healthy, round shape, floating in the bloodstream, everything, and then the person's healthy. When these red blood cells all stack up and bunch together when we get stressed out, not a good immune system builder. Let's say it that way. Now, what are we supposed to do? We have an appointment at 9 o'clock. We thought we would make it there by... You know, you left enough time, but it looks like there's absolutely no way that we're going to make it. So we're feeling We're feeling the war. We're feeling that this opportunity was the opportunity of a lifetime. This may negatively change my entire life. I can't believe this is happening. This is the worst moment, etc. Uh, maybe if I don't show up, maybe the boss will fire me, then how will I feed my family, then, then, then. Or, or I own my own business and this was a billion-dollar deal that 
if I don't do it, then how will I pay my creditors? Whatever, you know, whatever's involved. It's a war. I have enemies. The enemy is, in this case, maybe the traffic that's preventing me from making that appointment. So I'm supposed to, so the tire is saying, well, now we're able to put two energies together. It's like, um, it's not only that the beginning of Parsha's Kisava comes after Kisese. It's not only explaining it. Not only telling us, by the way, if you go through all this tough stuff in life, eventually you'll get a reward. Uh, you know anybody in this day and age that's willing to wait for a reward? Everything's here and now. If I want it, it has to be now. Otherwise, never mind. I'll move on to the next thing. Nobody's interested in deferred gratification anymore. So clearly that's not what it's about. Be ready to go through the war. You'll see. No. What it's saying is, when we go through the war, that the Avaita war, Kisetala Muhammad, has to be in a way of Menucha and Hityashva. When we're in the war zone, we need to do it in a way of peace and being settled. Peace and being settled. And even, and we'll see in a second, and even more than that, the whole of Vajjikisese is, is like, um, a taste of the beginning of Kisaba. Okay, what did I just say? There is a way. It's not simple, but it's available to us today to step into that ex- experience of peace while we're in that nightmare. So there's the guy, his whole life, his whole everything depends on getting to this appointment on time. He's in the traffic. He's in a war zone. I mean, I I, I always tell this story when I do this Parsha, but it is such a good story. So that the, there, this was happening, this, someone was on their way out to Long Island and they had a really important interview. They really wanted to get the job. And it became clear there was a roadblock. And it became clear that they were going to be extremely late for the appointment. So what did he do? Well, in this case, he decided to do some energy work on himself. But I'm going to go into a mode of peace. So he did he did a bunch of EST tapping on himself until he calmed down, until he felt peaceful. So he felt until his amygdala stopped firing so much. But his amygdala was firing danger, 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 danger. You're going to lose a job. You won't get it. Danger, danger. So he needed to just calm the amygdala by doing, by tapping on the pressure point. So it was calmed down. And then, see what happens is, when the amygdala calms down, the creative part of the brain opens up. The creative part of the brain is really connected to the energy of Kisava Ela'aris. Kisava Ela'aris is a feeling of, I'm in the right place at the right time. This is my land. For instance, if, if, you know, he called, his friend calls him and says, hey, you don't sound good. What's wrong? He says, I'm going to miss the appointment. I'm, I'm going to miss the appointment. And his friend tells him, well, I, you know, I wanted to get the job, but I can't. His friend said, wait a minute. Do you remember that last week 
the CEO told you that he's signing over the business to you, you don't need to go for any interviews. It belongs to you now. Oh, my goodness, you're right. That's what that contract meant. said, yeah, you own the business now. You don't have to stretch yourself out about getting to that interview on time. Imagine that. So one of the things we want to do is put ourselves in that energy at the moment of stress, which is not simple. I'll go back to this example in a second, which is not simple, of feeling like I'm in a war. This isn't a war. This is my home. I'm at home right now. I'm safe. I'm in the present moment. I'm with Hashem. He's hugging me. He's, he's, he's managing, he's my manager. So he's managing my whole parnasi. He's managing my whole schedule. He's managing my day, my week, my, my life, my year, my life. He's managing it in the most perfect way. So I'm looking at it and saying, everything's falling apart. I have enemies from all sides. And he's saying, no, 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 it just looks like that. We're good. Right now, I'm here stuck on the highway. And it's like Hashem is saying, you're not stuck on the highway. You're home right now. Yeah, but I'm here on the highway. So he says the highway can't be your home. What do you mean? How about if you step into the present moment? We're just the two of us together, says Hashem. We're just here together. You're home. This is your home. We're in this space moment. And everything's good. And I'm taking care of everything. Don't worry. You can relax. Good morning. This is God speaking. I'm going to be running your day today so you can relax and do what you need to do rather than stressing over running the world, etc. All of that stuff. It turns out that the moment that I'm in, which feels like an enemy moment, you say to Muhammad, I'm in a war zone. I can't get out of the traffic. I'm in a war zone. So it turns out that, no, I'm in a peace zone. Because I'm addicted to thinking that I'm in war zones all the time. Hashem is saying, no, no, this is a peace zone. It sure looks like a war zone to me. Okay, well, you have to adjust your way of viewing things. And then you'll see, this is your moment. This is your home. This present moment is your home. You are home. And it turns out it's yours. And you can you can settle in and relax and do what you need to do. You know, and just expand via shakta. Settle the land. Settle into this moment. You know, just breathe into it. Sounds, <laughs> I, I shouldn't use the word just because it sounds like, oh, yeah, just enter the present moment. My life is perfect. And I'm not going to say I find it simple. But I was telling us this is a huge piece of the puzzle, maybe the whole puzzle. It's not a simple thing to do, but it's a very clear thing to do. It's a reframing of, am I in a war at this war zone at this moment, or at, or is this my home? And I'm safe and safe and taken care of and. Every brand new moment will be another moment of being home. So now once you're at home, that's where you, you know, and you feel relaxed and, oh, I'm good. 
then the creative juices start to flow when the amygdala calms down. So this man did a bunch of ESP tapping. He felt calmer and he got an idea because the creative part of the brain opened up. So he so he called the Anyway, to finish off the story, so this man did a bunch of EFT tapping. He felt much calmer, calmed down his amygdala. All of a sudden, then the creative part of the brain opened up. He got an idea. He called the wood player uh, where he was going for the interview, and he said, um, I'm going to be late. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be late. I really left very early. I'm going to be late. I will offer this and this instead, whatever he offered. You know, these are my thoughts. This is beyond my control. Um, and these are my thoughts. And he offered various thoughts. And the interesting thing is the boss was very impressed with him. Why? Because the boss wanted somebody, unbeknownst to him, somebody that can think calmly when everything's falling apart. So the boss understood that he's in his car. He wants to make it for the interview desperately. And everything's falling apart. The traffic is making it impossible. And everything's falling apart. And he's watching that this man is thinking very calmly while everything's falling apart. And he thought, well, that's the kind of person that I need in my company. Whether he gets here at 9 o'clock or 10 o'clock, I need that kind of a guy. And so he got the job. So... But also it took stepping into a space of peace for the man who was going to be interviewed to step into a, 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 a place of peace and say, I am safe. Everything's good. It's going to turn out well. I'm in a safe moment right here, right now. I am safe, etc. It took stepping into that for him to, number one, emanate that sense of calm and peace that people will pay anything for. Um, but to shift the whole thing from, from being in a war zone to being in a peace zone. This is the revolution. This is the revolution of this generation. And it's made possible. The Rebbe is making it possible through opening it up in Cyrus. Now I'm going to say also what we said yesterday about the massacres in 1941, I mean, it was yesterday and today, so it's very personally relevant to me. But we're talking about, we went through all those situations in Jewish history of, can, can, can we think of anything more real in terms of you're living in a war zone with enemies all around than the Holocaust? No, we can't. And, and can we think of anything more, he says to Muhammad, when you go out to war, can we think of anything, if we would depict it, we couldn't even imagine depicting it, um, like what, what we went through as a people. You know, every single Jew was, it didn't matter if the Jew was hiding, hiding under five pounds of straw in a barn somewhere. Those savage beasts, those 
there's Nazis, Yimashimam, Yisrochanim. They went into the towns and they would not leave until they searched every nook and cranny. Like, there was no place to hide. They were determined to find every single Jew, no matter where he was hiding. One like, okay, whoever they see, they massacre, which is beyond, beyond, beyond horrific, the evil of it. But that they, people were trying all kinds of hiding places, underneath floors, uh, you know, underneath, like in unspeakable places. They found them. They found them. They would, no, they, they started the song, No Jewel Be Left Behind. That's as much as he said to and all of those holy Jews in these two days, 23,000 something, holy souls, holy Yiddish, you know, neshamas that left the world in such an awful way. No Jew was left behind in that town. Nobody. Obviously. How are we going to say, we, oh, that's very peaceful. I, I don't think we could. I mean, it's possible. It's interesting what we said, what we said about the blood libel. How is it possible that Yidden, actually, that Yidden, wow, in 1171, while they were in the most intense war zone that you can imagine, being locked into a building and burned at the stake, all of them, how did they step into a peace zone? Singing Elena's, singing Animami, when they were being massacred, gas, this, that. How is that possible? The enemy tried to make a point of showing that life is all about war. And, and, and the enemy was trying to show that at this point, the enemy was winning the war, and they were losing the war. And the enemy was really emphasizing, life is war, period, the end. Excuse <coughs> me. <coughs> the Yidden, who went al-Kiddush Hashem, went with the statement, so to speak, no, life is peace. Life is peace. They're singing on imamim. They're singing Elena as they're leaving the world in an absolutely horrific way. Uh, again, not every single group of Yidden everywhere always. But this is a well-known thing. How does any Jew find it possible to be singing when they're being burned at the stake? It's a war zone. When, you're out, when you go to war against your enemies, you can't even... You can't even, the people who, the evil people who perpetrated it, you don't even want to waste the word enemy on them. It's too good. It's too nice a word for them. You don't even want to, you can't say the word people. Right, so the evil beast that perpetrated, perpetrated these things on the end. That's the concept. You're out towards constant enemies. They hate you. They're out to get you. And the Yidden are doing it, they're singing. They stepped into a different energy. This is Jewish history. We do not want that anymore. And we're being told we do not need that anymore. 
but the, the energy of while in the war zone stepping into peace in a way of Kiddush Hashem, that would be empowered to do even more than before. Only this time we don't have to die al Kiddush Hashem, God forbid, but rather live Kiddush Hashem. And it's very difficult. So it's not simple for this guy on the highway. How can I compare him? You can't. But I'm saying today, unfortunately, there have been many situations recently of Kiddush Hashem. But at the same time, we're being begged by Taira to step into an energy in which we step into peace when it's really, when it feels like a war. Again, I'm not a, the guy on the highway. He stepped into a peace zone and everything turned around. So, because otherwise, why do we need to know this concept? What, it tells us about Jewish history? Okay, we got it. It tells us if we continue to have wars? No, thank you. This, this whole Nakuda is telling us how we are meant to live today and how we can live today. Um... So uh, I'll just I'll just end off with this this little piece. So this is a very it's, it's a very difficult transition, and yet it seems to be the transition of the generation. And the 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 fact that just before Geula we had the most unspeakably horrific gullus. Well, there you go. That's exactly the energy. He said to the Muhammad, the horrible war, and a second after, the peace. Now you inherit the land. They're, they're, they're lined up together in the same Shabbat, in the same time zone. Now we live in that same time zone where they're really lined up together. Now we often are given a choice, but in an everyday way. We just never believed that this principle would be applied to your traffic jam or you go to the supermarket, your everyday problems. We never thought that. Uh, there's no parking. And then we never figured out how to apply this to everyday life. So I'm going to end off with one little piece here. When we're talking about the peace way of living, you saw the Irish. The truth is that the true place of the neshama is above the world. But the fact is we're sent down here. So the neshama is sitting in that peace zone up there. Your neshama. And then every one of us said, send me now, send me down. I think so. I think we, we all agreed. Send me down to that world. We, I think that we made this choice and we accepted this mission with relish. Why? Because we understood that even though we're going from this peace zone to a war zone, we knew when we were up above that we're coming down here. We can stay in a peaceful place. You know, I'm good. I'm in a peaceful place. Why should I go down into the war zone? Who needs it? Who needs it? The world needs it. I have to worry about the world? Mm, yeah. In other words, if I go down into the world from the peace place, down into the world of war, then Haaretz, 
Haaretz, Eretz Yisrael, we're going down into the land. The land. It becomes a land that belongs to Hashem. We, we have the ability, because we are people who are war slash peace. We are people who our identity is Kiseto Muhammad Kisavala Aris. We know what war is all about as as Yidden, as Jews, very intensely. And we know what peace is all about as Jews, very intensely. And we're the ones who have the ability to shift the world and transform the world from the war zone into a peace zone, which it will ultimately be. In the Shia times, the world will be a peaceful place. Right? We all know that. Who's responsible for much of having done that? You. You and you and you and you and you. And so Haaretz, going down to the land, why is it called Haaretz, the land? It's a place that, Hash- that wants to do the will of Hashem. Once we tune into that, in the land that Haaretz Asher Hashem Hashem is giving this to you. Yerashev, Yerashev, you will inherit it. You will settle it. It will become your permanent place. One of the things, and we'll end off with this. One of the things we want to know, as Jews, since we're used to living in a war zone, we think that that is the real reality. What we're being told is the new real reality is the peace zone. A deeper peace than you experienced when you were just in the Shema up there. That's your real reality. My Our default mode is, our factory installed default mode is, problems, war, kvetch, oive, what's going to be? Oh no, there are problems, there's a war, there's a war, there's a war. The real default zone for a Jew is, there's peace, it's yours, the world belongs to you. The world belongs to Hashem, you're, you're one with him, you're partners with him. If we're bringing we're bringing Mashiach. It's going to be a world of peace, true peace. That's our real default mode, our real factory installed mode. And we are now in the process of shifting over, and we are the ones that can shift the world. We know war better than anybody else, having been the victims of war, and we know peace better than anyone else because we come from our insights. We say at Simpson, where it's total peace. So we know both these places, and we're the ones to shift it from that to that permanently. And you got to say we do it and find ourselves in a peaceful way. A deep, rich peace in the Gula Mita Now.